Hello everyone and welcome back to Gathering of Gotchas, the only podcast that focuses exclusively on the games your parents don't want you to play. I'm Galen, the sound guy Firestone. I'm Ronico. And this is Dez. Hi Gez, how's it going? Uh, I mean, like, y'all well aren't going to hear it on the edited version, but we just had a real comedy of errors getting this whole thing started oh, today, boy. so... <laughs> it's a I'm, bit of a slow start, but it is it's going to get somewhere. Bit of a slow eventually. start. We'll get there. We will theoretically yes. get there. That is a hard the theoretically. Thing will I promise nothing. <sighs> well, I can say that on my end, I'm at least ready to go, and, you know, welcome everybody to our podcast. Welcome. Uh, and with that, we may as well we may as well start off with the FFPE recap of the week. Well, so, an interesting week when it comes to the main event because they've had a strange new mix where they've added a new free unit, which is beloved FF12 character Fran. As well as two original characters I never heard of, named Vaan and Pen L O. No idea who they are, uh, but look, uh, they have I'm, an interesting design. <laughs> I'm usually good with this joke, but the truth is, like after playing FF12, like yeah, they weren't exactly prominent in the plot, but they weren't non-entities either, and they were actually pretty cool. Yes. Um, I will say, after having watched Galen streaming it, um, that's my only experience with the game. I, you know, at least in the version that he played, they seem to be, you know, there and definitely relevant. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Van is that he is cohesive in his characterization as a fanboy out of his depth. Yeah. And that but, is true, but they also play on that. Like, they don't shy yeah, away from that either. absolutely. Oh, yeah, they kick him when he's down more times than I can count. Uh, yeah. But to make Dad the main character, on paper, anyway... Yeah, that's a te very technical on paper, because it yes. was Ash and Bosch running the plot the entire time. Yeah, but anyway. as, as Geister yeah. is saying, finally, a usable Fran. Yeah, no, being stuck with a four-star Fran made me very sad for a very long time because she was actually quite I think good. she was three stars and not four. Sorry, I meant four max. Oh. I don't think she ever got a fifth star. Wasn't that five? Oh, wow. I don't think she did have a fifth star, yeah. Okay, then. Anyway, she gets better, but let's start with the big star of the banner. And uh, some uh, character many people have hoarded for, uh, which is Seeker of Freedom Van. Yeah, apparently he is like the breaker to end all breakers, at least at this stage of the game. Not just that. Uh, let's start with his TMR, if you will. Sure. How do you like 20% physical evasion on a materia? Very, very nice. How do you like uh, Paralyze Immunity on top of that? That certainly doesn't hurt. What's that? Not enough, you say? Well, I order now and get a free 50% true dual wield. Whoa! Yeah! That's a TMR? That's a TMR. Good lord. Ah. Uh, Alright, yeah. Vaughn, calm down. Uh, is this the is this the tactics A2 Vaughn when he was actually cool? No, he doesn't have a shirt. Drat. I know. 
Well, that's what he gets for giving away his Maximilian armor back in his three-star version. Yeah. Uh, no, this time his uh, signature equipment, which is his STMR, is Duandal. Because, believe it or not, the STMR is even better than the TMR. I, well, I, you're I mean, going to have to sell me on this one. Okay, so, 100 sword, 163 attack. Absolutely nothing remarkable about that. Yeah, that's a decent sword. Now add on that 30% physical evasion, that's... and you have a slightly worse uh, Masterminds CMR. Yeah, that's pretty good. Add to that a 30% increased chance to be targeted, and you have a much better Masterminds on CMR. Okay, so Vaughn is also a passive provoke tank to end all passive provoke tanks. Or you can make anyone uh, passive provoke tanks to end all passive provoke tanks. Like, there's a reason some people aren't just chasing after Van, they're chasing after eight Vans. Yeah. Oh, because they stack? It, yeah, you can dual wield these. That is, these that are is weapons. ridiculous is what that is. Good lord. Yeah. Mind if I they ask what his natural evade is? Uh, his natural evade is, let's see, in interestingly, his uh, TMR skill does not increase his evade, so that's uh, 10 here, 10 here, that's 20. Uh, Maxi in chat is reporting 40%. And that's 20 here, so yeah, correct, 40%. So 40% plus a pair of daggers equals, is that the full 100 right there? Is it 20% of uh, or 30% of aid? I well, just... it's a sword, not a dagger, and it's 30%. So, yeah, if he's got uh, so, both of his uh, yeah. STMRs equipped, uh, he has a 100% and doesn't even need the 20% from his TMR. And additionally, um, how much provoke did you say was on those daggers? Uh, 30% as well. 30%. So... And they're swords, not daggers. Well, Yes. We, we keep saying that, and we keep making yeah. that mistake, and I would like to apologize for us not learning that these Sorry are, in fact, that. swords, not daggers. And I guarantee <laughs> you at least one of us is going to say dagger again at some point. <laughs> uh, but uh, Van himself doesn't have any passive provoke. Yeah, okay. you still need some right. outside provoke, but still, like, that is... Uh, like no, not start. outside. He does have a provoke skill for two times. I, I didn't mean outside. I meant outside passive. Yes. Geister, but, let's uh, compromise and say Gardets. Well played. <laughs> anyway, so, already we have a very strong reasons to chase after him. Yeah, mm. that, that equipment but, sounds really good. But what can he himself then, do? Well, let's start with the fact that uh, I haven't mentioned his chaining family, because save for an, a single Oriol Ray skill that is shared between all of the units in this banner, including the four-star, uh, he doesn't have any chain. Okay. Hmm. Only single hits, except his uh, LB that hits for eight hits. Yeah, you know what? Let's start with the LB, sure. Yeah. So, 130% uh, imperils are here. Nice. And he imperils fire with that much. Okay, just uh, fire. It it okay. also steals items, deals decent damage, and deals 85% breaks uh, on all enemies for two turns. Ooh. Okay. So, that's very good. Yeah. 
Of course he can do that on turn one because he's a CG unit. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Yeah. And then come the next part of his skill. Oh yeah, right. Uh, let me come back to the Oil Way chain I mentioned. Yeah. It's named Luminescence. Uh, and it's just Oil Way with a 25 times modifier. Which is decent, but yeah. uh, nothing ex- Nothing to write home about, yeah. And it's also important to mention it, however, because uh, from there on out, any single skill he has can be part of his triple cast. Okay. So, that includes uh, uh, all character steals, uh, which, by the way, is complemented by his passives, which is... uh, Double the weight for common items, rare items, and guild drops, same as original enhanced on. Yeah, I was about to say, like, well, finally Zahn has met his match. Well, exactly. Zahn got a base 5 version that completely changes the meta of everything, so... Yeah. Grats, I guess. Uh, no, then, he also can use, from this uh, triple cast, uh, a 25, uh, 75% full break to all enemies with damage. Okay. Uh, uh, don't with damage. Uh, revive one ally for twenty percent HP, which does inflict twenty percent self damage. Okay. forty uh, percent. Uh, uh, sorry, a forty times modifier, so big damage, but also removes all buffs, not uh, enhancements or right. status effects, just the buffs from an enemy. But it's on a 6 turn cooldown. Okay. Uh, so similar to the one uh, uh, Lakshmi lead had, but on a 2 turns longer cooldown. Right, so you're not going to have the same sort of uh, recovery on that. Yes. He also has uh, 130% undermount imperils to fire and wind. Uh, that unlocked the 130% version of those breaks, uh, okay. which are also unlocked on the first turn, just in case you need a 130% imperial right now. Which, I'm sure there's a strategy in which that's going to occur. Yeah. That's going to make more sense than, an, or, than a first turn LB for some reason. On the month, 75% breaks uh, bringing you down. How about an 80% break whose only disadvantage compared to the other is that it's single target. I mean, if you're oh, on a uh, single boss, that's not much of a disadvantage, and there aren't that many compared no, to No, 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 I, ha- I hear you're very disappointed, so how about we make that break last for five turns? Whoa! Okay. Then there's a damage skill that gets buffed by some other skills, such as Urban Eruption, which is a self-attack buff with a bigger modifier that uh, enhances his best damage skills. And the icing of the cake, um, full party mirage. That, nice. uh, uh, that uh, is uh, on a 4 turns cooldown, but we autocast himself for the next 3 turns. Ooh! So you get the mirage, next turn you get the mirage, next turn you get the mirage, next turn you get the mirage, and the turn after that, you can use it again. That is really cool. That is the main reason That's people nice. are chasing him. Understandable. That is a really, really good move. 
and uh, the last Dark Visions made a great argument towards uh, the usefulness of Miwar's kills. Yeah. So, yeah, he's pretty much busted and uh, still relevant uh, in JP to this day for a reason, and the reason is that he is absolutely excellent, both as a breaker and as a support character with some very flexible utility. Yeah, I'm flashing back once again to FF12 and my constant, like, surprise that Vaughn and Padella were actually cool. Oh yeah, no, stat-wise, uh, I think Vaughn was pretty much one of the best. I mean, I uh, in my FF12 playthrough, I used Vaughn as my black mage, and he did a ridiculous amount of damage. Yeah. Now then, uh, let's move on to Dancing Heart Penelo. Yeah. Because it is a split banner, and you may be sad to get uh, the troll rainbow on this banner comparatively. Hmm. How trolly is she, though? Well, apparently enough originally that she's been uh, global buffed. Nice. That's a good sign. To smooth things out a little. Uh, uh-huh. What we have then, as a result, is a unit which gives, as far as equipment go, a TMR with uh, 50% uh, magic true double hand and 40% magic. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, solid. Uh, very yeah. close to... Uh, uh, I mean, it's a slightly better version of uh, Operative Zyrus's TMR. And a slightly better version of a good TMR is even better. Yeah, uh, upgrades are nice. We like those. Yeah. Then we have Banaster Dancer's clothing, which is a set of clothing with 71 magic and a 40% magic passive. That's pretty nice for clothing. Um, yeah. I'm not sure Especially how much synergy it has, because usually you look at robes, but... Yeah. There's that, and there's the fact that uh, you might want, if you have a better world stat, for instance, with uh, uh, even uh, original Dark Pin as STMR, which has one more magic, if you have an easy time capping your magic, uh, this might not be the thing you chase after. But if you want, if you are a bit limited and just a bit more magic would allow you one free slot you can use a, a killer in. She can be pretty good. Okay. Okay. Now then, as for the unit itself, well, besides the uh, Oriol Ray skill, which he also have, but as a magic-based uh, physical damage... She also has an LB that gives a 130% Ice Imperil, with also an undispellable self-buff for some modifiers and magic, and does Ice damage to all enemies and enables one of her big skills. That sounds pretty solid, depending on how big that big skill is. Well, it exists in three varieties, uh, which can also be unlocked by using the slightly less big version, which are Mist Fireaga, Mist Blizzaga, and Mist Darga. Okay. Each of each of these are Chaos Wave Awakened. Uh, and they do pretty much the same thing with Fire, Ice, or Dark Element. And uh, 
They also self-imbue with uh, the corresponding element and break the corresponding element by 100%. Okay. The self-imbue is only really useful for the overall way skills, however. Or for, say, stealing the buff uh, and spreading it uh, with a mastermind on. No, no, there's a break skill that also he is... Uh, uh, magic type, uh, physical type magic damage. Anyway, uh, these skills, uh, the three main skills, can also be changed by using one of the cooldowns, channeling, okay. which make them, instead of uh, fire a ga, blizzaga, and darga, fire a ja, blizzaga, and darga. Okay. Which increases drastically the modifier, and uh, make uh, the uh, the imperial much higher, and unlocks uh, the uh, uh, their skill uh, for four turns. So once they unlocked through challenging, you can basically use it uh, every turn. Oh, okay. I and for some reason, the dark skill also have a twenty percent provoke. I think that's actually a reference to FF12. I think there was a move that did that. That sounds familiar. Possible. Anyway, she also has a... Uh, all of which uh, is part of a triple cast. Again, the only exception is uh, the Ogle Way skill. Right. Uh, but she also has some support kits, including uh, Kuaga, uh, a 30% full party mitigation and spirit increase. Uh, full party magic mitigation, it's important to note. Yeah. Uh, a two turn uh, mirage, but for a single target. A uh, 70% full break, okay. which is the one that also is uh, m magic uh, physical type something something. And mm -hmm. Shout out to something something. Yeah. And uh, a that's on a free turn cooldown that specifically enhances the fire skill. So she is a better fire chainer uh, than uh, the other skills because of this cooldown. And that, you know, that ties into Vaughn as well, who's also very fire oriented. So that makes sense. Yeah. Except, of course, they can chain together because Vaughn doesn't have any chain. Except the one. Except well, the AR the one, but that yeah. doesn't work. You'd have to, like, yes. give him a chain with somebody, but can I don't think you can give uh, CWA. I think you can only give... Uh, what do you call uh, it? But there's still some yeah. synergy there with uh, Vaughn's Fire Imperil and LB, and then adding that to Pinello and somebody Damn. else doing a fire chain. Yes. Except, of course, this skill uh, already imperils at 130%. Oh, well, wait. So, but uh, overall, while they, while they don't really have the biggest of synergies, uh, Penelo can certainly stand on her own as a basic mage with some utility on the side. Uh, with uh, three elements, uh, and uh, which is uh, certainly usable. 
not exactly the brightest, most shining character around, but uh, she can deal uh, significant damage. And uh, if you don't really have someone to chain with those three elements, uh, she's certainly not a bad pig, but I, she's definitely not the chase target uh, Van is. More of an incidental character. Yeah. But an incidental character who won't leave you in the dust unless you're a power puller, so... Yes. Yeah. I would I would say that's relatively worth it, all told. Like, I, it's good not to be disappointed by Pinello. It's not like... There were a couple banners where the five where the other five-star was so trolly, it was, like, not even worth discussing. Yeah, pretty much. And this doesn't no, sound like the case. definitely not on that level. Yeah. Good. Well, then, uh, let's move on to the free unit. Blue sure. Sky Bell Fran. How is Fran? Well, uh, she is uh, certainly interesting. Hmm. She doesn't sound super promising. Well, she is very unique in her design, and that I like in exploiting interesting design spaces, but I'm not quite sure how relevant she will be. Okay. So, her equipment, uh, TMR is People of the Wood Archery, which is pretty useful, because okay. it's a 50% uh, physical killer for beast and bird, and a 30% attack and magic bow mastery. That's pretty nice, yeah. Mm -hmm. is, the, uh, is the killer both physical and magic, or is it just... Uh, no, it's only physical, okay. meaning that... If you want to exploit the magic part of this uh, material and the physical killer, yeah. you have exactly one native option, and that's Ellie. Okay. So that's The others can take with bows. Yeah. Mm. But hey, uh, a bow's rare modifier also is 30% attack on magic, so. Could, could be a build. Okay. Mm -hmm. And her STMR is Sagittarius, uh, which is a 164 attack bow, uh, 200 of course, with the good bow modifiers and with 90-50% beast and bird killer. So there's certainly some cases where this is going to be useful. Yeah. Because if you have a unit that's going to use a 200 weapon, bows have an advantage. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that, that sounds like a very good one, too, so. Yeah. Uh, no, then, regarding her kit. Okay. Uh, basically, the way it works is that, uh, she also has the same base as the other two units, namely that she has an Oriol Ray skill. Right. And then all of her other skills are part of her triple cast. The triple cast is permanent and available right from the start, so that's good. So it's just built into her character, no weird nonsense needed. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then the rest is very segmented when it comes to her kit. Okay. So you have the attack skill, which is either sewing blast shot, a one-hit uh, attack, piercing sky shot, an absolute mirror of equity attack with the exact same modifier, or shooting star shot, a uh, bolting strike skill with the exact same modifier. Okay. The, 
then you get her arrow skill, which are also exactly the same in that they buff the modifier for all of three of these skills and imbue her with either fire, ice, or earth. Okay. Then, yeah, and uh, then she has uh, a cooldown way uh, to uh, increase her modifier on her attack, uh, which is, of course, named Mist Induced Frenzy. That makes sense. And then she also has uh, one skill that lets her drastically increase the modifier of her finisher. Meaning that one of her possibilities for her finisher specifically is to go buff, buff, finisher, and actually have it do pretty big damage. So, okay. in that regard, she almost sounds like a mini Regina. That that sort of build. Kinda, except she uses the same skill to self-buff instead of using a variety of different buffs that also prepare her for a finisher and an LB. Right, okay. Another interesting thing is that uh, her imbues all uh, uh, bring buffs to her attack spells, but these aren't incompatible with each other, meaning that if you either dispel the elements you don't need or just use them all because uh, you either imperil all of those elements, which you can with one of her skills, or you just don't care about elements... Uh, you can have a 15 times modifier increase instead of the 5 times modifier increase a single imbue would do. Okay, interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. and she also has a quote-unquote healing skill. Namely that she can use uh, potions, high potions and ex-potions in an AoE. Wow. Uh, okay, that's a far cry from the White Mage build I did for her, my FF12 run, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and her LB is a very cheap ice physical attack on all enemies that imperils ice by 120%. Okay. So, yeah, overall, interesting as a kind of option if you desperately need it sounds like she's got kind of a swiss army knife thing going on like she's got a bunch of different mission profiles yeah and it's interesting that they managed to squeeze some very specialized role like that in very few skills yeah the worst part of the unit of course is that she can't equip the beast weapons why is that the worst part, if you don't mind me asking? Because of the part where she goes in mist-induced frenzy about the Shiva and then kicks and punches half an Imperial platoon. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. Um. Yeah. But they wanted to focus on her archery. That makes sense. I can understand that. Yeah. They did give, give her axes, though, so... Anyway. Yeah, it sounds like she's a very, like, mixed-up unit, but not necessarily a bad one. Like, this is another of these cases yes. where... Another one of these cases where the free units aren't really great for veterans, necessarily, but for a new player, like, you have somebody who fits a lot of different niches, so... Yeah, exactly. For someone just starting out, she sounds like a real winner. 
And if you just like the unit, her sprite is mostly turning her back on you, so... Yeah, there's a lot of booty going on. Yep. That is a lot of fan service. Indeed. And lastly, we have a new four-star unit, which is Rex. Cool. His his TMR is a 30 spirit accessories that heal you for 2000 HP and 20 MPs every turn. Uh, thank you for playing. See you next time. Yeah, uh, I'm like, well, that might have a misuse if you squint at it really hard, but I don't really see that getting commonly used at all. That sounds... I mean... <laughs> no, to make a bit of a bad taste joke... Oh, dear. It does make sense that he is dead on arrival. Oof. True, but oof. Yeah. All right, okay. Anyway, overall for this banner, there's the obvious uh, chase of van, uh, but uh, these are uh, interestingly designed unit overall. It really feels like they were trying some things there. Yeah. And I don't mind them experimenting a bit. No, I'm all it, for it. I, yeah, I, I, and I, sometimes I, it gives us completely broken units. Yeah, absolutely. I will say my biggest issue with FFBE kind of is how stagnant it sort of feels. Like, there, you have here these, like, tightly set roles, and that just is. And everything has been kind of an improvement on those roles, but there hasn't really been anything, like... They haven't really tried to mix up the game a little bit too much. I'm reminded of uh, this uh, wonderful picture taken at a WWE show uh, with uh, Randy Orton headlocking someone... And in the background, there's uh, a spectator with a sign that says, Another headlock, Randy. <laughs> and we could have the same situation with someone in the background going, Another Curseway Awakened Mage, uh, Gumi. Yeah, pretty much. Um... Now then, uh, also of note, we've had uh, some enhancements. Yeah, I've okay. heard. Some pretty key units. Uh, Elena, Morgana, Sol, Sacred Shield Charlotte, as well as, as well as enhancements for Kimofina. Okay, so I'm going to say this without going into details. Is Charlotte good now? Yes. Cool. She Save is her for basic- last. Okay. Save the best for last. We like Charlotte around here. All right. So that means I should start with Sol then. I'm guessing he's not the best by any stretch. Also, I don't like Soul, so there we go. Oh, that's was precisely because you don't like him, but oh, I start okay. with, with him. I'll take and it. And you're not alone. Like, uh, a little big behind the scene to remind me of what's happened in this enhancement. I have the official news open in front of me. And uh, so I can see the enhancement they've listed before they actually released for... The, the characters, they give us a bit of a preview, as usual, and okay. they have it for every character except Saul. <laughs> Thank you for playing. <laughs> wow. Um, sounds like Gumi likes him uh, a whole lot, too. No, then. Uh, as for what they actually are, uh, well, the key thing, because for all these... Uh, uh, this uh, critique, uh, he actually wasn't given that much of a short stick. Okay. Uh, 
starting with the fact that they've changed his chaining family. He's really? not Chaos Wave Awakened, not Chaos Wave. Okay. So okay. that means if you absolutely need a fire, ice, uh, no, a fire, dark, or light Chaos Wave Awakened chainer for DV, he's usable. Oh, cool. He can chain with Pinello. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, uh, just some stat buffs, some status immunity. He now has uh, innate silence immunity. Nice. That certainly doesn't hurt for a mage. Yeah. Uh, and then it just mostly modifier increases. That makes him decent, but not exceptional. Oh, and regarding the fact he can chain with Penelo, he can, but... His main power spike comes from the fact that he uh, quad casts or quint casts. Penelo is only a triple cast, and so are most okay. of the best mages currently. Interesting. So, so it sounds like that's just meant for super high chain numbers in the right circumstances. So that sounds like a specifically dark visions type of deal. Well, not really, because if you want high numbers, you would need another Quint cast curse where you can't. Oh, partner. right, and you can't bring friend units into Dark Visions. Never mind. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Go Saul. Yeah. He basically is our want peg shaped entering a square hole. That seems like the opposite of what the phrase usually is, but that's fine. Uh, yes, my brain did things. And you legally can't blame me on that. I can't. Everyone's brain's doing things today. It's just a tired day. No, then. Uh, we also have Elena and Morgana. Okay. Uh, who do we want to start with first? Uh, well, we'll start with something that's common to the two of them. Because, as a reminder, uh, they, as uh, global original units, benefit from a buff uh, from when each other are present on the battlefield that JP legally is not allowed to have because that would go against the Compugacha uh, laws. Right. Which forbids uh, the necessity of putting a set of units in order to acquire an in-game advantage. Right. And that uh, dupes aren't considered that, but different yes. units are. Yes. Okay. Uh, so we have this buff, which uh, means for us that uh, Elena is getting from that uh, not just raw stats, but also uh, demon and human killers as well as uh, increased uh, modifiers some more, uh, both uh, attack, magic, HP, and MP. Okay. Okay. Uh, as for Morgana, in return, uh, she gets uh, some immunities to status ailments that are somehow tacked to uh, this. That's as well as weird. As well as uh, 50% magical uh, true uh, dual wield and uh, really increased modifiers to our skills. Okay, so you really want them working together. But do they have the same chain families? Like, I remember uh, Elena was originally Bolting Strike and 
I think that was basically it. It was just a big pile of bolting strike. Oh, no, there was some AR in there as well. No, they don't really. And overall, uh, I think the best way to think of it is to think of uh, Morgana as a way to buff Elena if you absolutely have uh, one free slot and no better option to bring. So Morgana's a buff bot. That's cool. Uh, let's start with Elena. We have a request from chat to start with Elena, so let's do that. All right. Well, Elena is uh, first and foremost getting a big power increase to a lot of her skills. She gets an uh, increased modifier for uh, most of her main attacks, but not her Oriol Ray one. Okay. Uh, so she doesn't get more use out of that, which was the main reason I've brought her to DV recently, so I deserve mention. Uh, she gets better imperils. They're not the greatest, but they've actually reaching uh, 100% now. Okay. I mean, I guess she has it in a pinch if you can't bring any other imperiler for some reason. Yeah. Uh, she also has a 40% full party damage mitigation as part of her uh, kit, which is certainly a very nice utility. Yeah, I wouldn't say no to that in, in case of yeah. emergency. She also has full uptime on her uh, element buff, uh, which is a uh, resistance to fire, ice, light, and dark by 70%. Okay. She already had it, but it only lasted three turns on a five turns cooldown skill. Oh. So now it's five turns and a five turns cooldown skill. Okay, so that was a very necessary upgrade, and I'm glad it's done. Pretty much maximize up time on that. Yeah. And good. then uh, some world stats uh, and uh, uh, more true, dual, uh, true, uh, yeah, uh, double hand uh, of both attack and magic. Okay. Uh, her speed of light, uh, perhaps the best quality of life skill. Her speed of light, which is her triple cast, now applies to all of her skills, instead of just a select few ones, in that you don't have to do this mental math of what skill do I use between Aurora or Blossom or something or some bad to uh, use uh, the skills I actually want. No, it's just speed of light for everything. Okay, well, okay. when in doubt. Uh, now, to uh, give uh, a little explanation of why I'm struggling a little bit to find uh, the relevant information, uh, I've posted the link to her page in Gathering Observation. Go there, go to the Ability Awakening part, and... Scroll. And then scroll all the way to conditional and continue because you're still there for a while. Wow. Yeah. What the heck? Mmm, good boy. Okay, they buffed the ever-loving snot out of her, at least in terms of, like, amount of buffs. I don't know how many of them are actually good, but... That's well, certainly the a thing lot of is buffs. that if you look at conditional, uh, she has a whole lot of unlocks natively, and so they now have added 
the page uh, and the description of the skill for her plus one version of each one of these unlockable skills and her plus two version of each one of these unlockable oh, skills. All right. Well, I can. Yes, I could totally understand why you were. Uh, yeah, I get the struggle to find things. Trying to find everything. I get it. I really do. Yes. That is not your fault at all. <laughs> that is that is Gumi throwing everything at this character. Like, please love her. Not everything per se, because uh, I'll come back to that. Uh, yeah. When... So, given the nature of her unlocks. This is a very complicated set of enhancements. Yeah, it looks that That's way. Strangely enough, as I've said with the speed of life uh, modification, help streamline her a little bit. As long, of course, as you have her TMR skills, because uh, uh, having it uh, unlocks uh, a lot of her ability right from the get-go instead of having to go through an enhancement uh, tree of sorts. Right. Uh, but in spite of that she does get much better in her utility but her mods don't really get all that much it's better for sure but uh, it's not exactly something that breaks the, sh the charts given that uh, Elena has won the poll for favorite uh, global original unit, mm -hmm. which was a bad decision, but one that happened. Yeah, no, I, I, we've talked about this a number of times, but yes. Uh, it seems more like a way to tide the fans over before we get another version. Yeah. Perhaps a new version. Yeah, it does sound like they're heading that way, which is most likely. Yeah. It's still a lot of stuff to add to her kit. I'm just... Like, here's yeah, the thing. I was uh... always underwhelmed by Elena, and that kind of sucks, as I put a lot of resources into pulling for her before I had an attack of what the heck am I doing, and that was actually, as I've explained, one of my big breaks with FFBE. One of the reasons yeah. I stopped. A catalyst, for sure. Um... And I'm just like, all right, well, it's cool you got a lot of upgrades. I'm not exactly bitter about her existence, but I still feel like she never lived up to the hype, and she still doesn't now. Uh, yeah, pretty much. She is uh, not exactly topping the charts. Uh, and uh, if you have her already, uh, she could beat uh, uh, some... With key wall when you need at the same time a triple cast oil wave that also gives you uh, these buffs uh, and also gives you magic mitigation. Uh, but uh, she's really more of a toolkit than a main damage dealer. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, we just discussed that about Fran. It just feels like someone was so much hype about her uh, being the first global original CG unit and all of the pomp and circumstance surrounding her and her event, uh, it just feels yeah. underwhelming. Yeah, it really uh, compounds the fact that Elena is cooler than she is busted. I will definitely agree with that. She's definitely she's definitely there for the vibe more than anything else. Yeah. You know what also is cool but not very useful when you get down to it? Oh dear. Evil Mage! Oh, I really want summoners to work at FFBE, and they just kind of never did. Citra got close with some of her stuff, but 
never quite hit the yeah, mark. Yeah, and uh, I've actually seen a Reddit post that goes uh, in the depths of why uh, even Morgana's enhancements aren't really all that useful. Okay. Because on paper, if you give her a reasonable incidental evil match buff uh, of... Uh, uh, with some of the TMRs that give uh, magic and evil match and the likes, uh, you can, on theory, uh, in theory, get damage numbers that are similar to those of uh, Ram and Ace. In theory. How's this work in practice, yeah. though? Because it doesn't sound like that's actually the reality. In practice, there are two problems. Okay. One, the evil gauge is shared. So right. If you use skills that cost more than one, you can't use a duplicate because you want to be triple quick casting or quad casting those skills. Right, which you which can't do if Morgana you... can do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, though she does have skills that uh, constantly refill her gauge. So in this precise situation, she does have the ability to use, say, a quad cast of one of her weaker skills. But that's it. Yeah. Then uh, we have the main problem with the summoner kind characters, which is that Evil Mag, uh, where it does go through mitigation, has as a drawback the fact that it doesn't take into account killers. Yeah, there's never been a killer that works with Evil Mag. Yeah. While there is uh, killers that work with. Uh, normal mages but there are a lot of killers that work with uh, physical type uh, mages and mm -hmm. there are a ton of killers that work if you have master mag zone to spread physical killers that are in greater numbers than magical ones yeah uh and then i remember the one reason that citra was good was not because of her anything it was because she was more of a utility character than anything else like i didn't use her as a combat character at all very often she was mostly yeah, exactly. there for buffing and for um weird uh, utility stuff divine ruination chain yeah uh, while assisting... also hitting the party yeah mm -hmm. like she was really cool and like the quirky stuff she could do but i wouldn't dream of putting her like on a top damage list because she wasn't like making her have good damage was just basically yeah. impossible yeah no that yeah. absolutely wasn't her role yeah um and that's the kind of thing also, you may be able to get away with it with Evo Match, but like trying to make an Evo Match hard damage dealer just seems like an impossible task the way this game is designed. Yeah. Also, they didn't change uh, her chain families, meaning that her one enhanced uh, chain skill is uh, absolute zero based, Ooh. and she gets better modifier for uh, absolute zero disorder and bolting strike and normal curse wave. That's terrible. Those are awful families right now. None of those are in the meta. Except so, kind of bolting strike. So yeah, Morgana is there mostly to be uh, her <sighs> archival's cheerleader. Yeah, that which is not very great lore-wise. Like, yeah, this is just not wonderful, everything I'm hearing. Yeah. So, at least, let's go to Sacred Shield Charlotte. Yeah, let's hear the good stuff. So, the main reason why uh, Lightning from FF13 2 
was considered in a lot of cases a better choice than Charlotte was because she had the ability with her TMR skill to dual cast her skills. Right. Now Charlotte can do that. Okay, there we go. Honestly, the enhancement could have been just that and that would have been good enough. Yeah, but like that was kind of like the big thing to add to her kit and then they did it. Yeah, but uh, then they've added some other things that add uh, more to a utility aspect too. Which certainly for instance, doesn't hurt. Yeah, for instance, uh, she unlocks uh, two new skills, uh, which uh, grant her uh, spirit scaling, magic attacks with witch-chaining families, disorder, and absolute zero, but with a 100% imperil to light or ice. That's a nice thing to have as part of a kit for a tank. Yeah. Mm. She also gets uh, some enhancement for her cover, which now gives her a spirit break immunity and a spirit buff that can't be dispelled. And also they get better mitigation when she actually covers. That's good. Yeah. She also gets native uh, sleep and paralyzed immunity. That certainly doesn't Two hurt. very good elements to be immunized from. Yeah. Her Knight's Command, which was her full party 30% uh, magic mitigation, now 40%. Okay. That certainly doesn't and hurt. And then some stats. Sure. Yeah, this all sounds oh, solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, uh, her Light of Grunchheld, her defensive cooldown, uh, that gave, uh, I think, Odin, yeah. Originally, it was a 75% one-turn magic mitigation emergency to all allies, mm -hmm. with also a 100% immunity to ice and light. Uh, well, a resistant buff, that is. Uh, now, they've added a bit more. It's now 80%. Okay. Most importantly of all, it's for two turns. Okay. Wow. So... That gives a lot of flexibility, and even if she dies for some reason, the fact that the buffs last one more turn is sometimes just what you need to be able to recover yeah. in a trial. This is all very much trial stuff and not uh, Dark Vision stuff, because in Dark Vision you generally don't want to use a tank. But if you need a tank, uh, basically Secretary Charlotte uh, got back in her position as the second best magic tank in the game. I assume Cecil's still topping that nonsense. Very much so. Okay. You can't really top of the sheer amount of magic resistance Cecil can give. Yeah, but, you know, still, it's, it's Charlotte. I've always liked her better than Cecil anyway, so... Like just and I only have a single Cecil, and so far I haven't really felt compelled to USC the second one, which may sound like heresy for some, but uh, so far I've survived well enough. I mean, as we keep saying over and over, play with who you like. Yep. Play with who exactly. can make you smile. And then, very quickly, we've had the latents for Kimono Fina. Okay. Uh, which are a cooldown that gives some um, attack magic and imperils, and 
a truckload of uh, buff of her modifiers, which apparently makes her still terrible in uh, uh, overall damage, but very good at bursting on turn four. Okay. Because that's when her cooldowns happen. And uh, these got a lot of modifier bonuses because not only are they have SPR ignore, but they also barrage style. Okay. So she's mostly a party trick that can yield uh, some result if you really want to force it. But uh, not exactly a party staple for the coming day. Overall, for these enhancements, uh, not exactly mind-blowing. We really haven't gotten back the magic we got from the Tifa and Crimson enhancements, have we? Yeah, and uh, with Tifa's uh, Neovisions coming up topping the charts in Japan, like... We obviously know that's going to be a game changer, so... Yeah. So, uh... Besides Charlotte, which certainly has her use, uh, overall, it's mostly if uh, you need this specific utility, uh, go for it, but otherwise, uh, not exactly something to go crazy about. Yeah. yeah what um... is reason to go crazy about, however is our next FAB topic, which is uh, some goodies we got from our ways. Yeah, some more nice stuff we have for this extended uh, slow drip of an anniversary. Mm-hmm. With the return of the Eleven Rainbow Salmon, the best one, which not only gives you Eleven Rainbow, but also an STMA Moogle. Nice. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, given the amount of resources I sunk to get uh, the Esper Unit's last banners, I don't have the resources for this eleven seven. Happens sometimes. Yeah. Yep. But at least I can still get some free stuff. Free stuff is good. Let's talk about free stuff. So we have an additional daily login bonus whose main prize is a coin you t- can trade in for a unit. And then another coin you can trade in for a prism. Oh. You got two coins. The way you wrote it in the production order made me think you got one coin and you could switch between them, sort of like an old school UOC, but alright. No, you can get uh, a unit and its prism. You get uh, the unit on the first day and the prism on the last day of the two weeks uh, these uh, login bonus lasts. Alright, neato. Yeah, and the selection of units, it starts early, so... Uh, when you start hearing, you can get a free uh, Blossom Sage Sakurai, you start getting worried. Yeah, that's not exactly but helpful list- at this juncture. Yeah, but uh, first of note, while we don't have any confirmation of how Neovision will work, we have reason to expect similar Neovision units that we have in JP, which means that Pyroglacial Lasswell will get a Neovision version, and he's in the pool. So that's a possibility if you don't really see any better option from uh, the units that come next. Okay. Uh, just to prepare for the future. 
but that's not really the very good stuff. So of course you have uh, uh, like uh, five different reigns. You have uh, the season one main party, uh, season two edition. You have the uh, uh, Swan Eight, and then you continue. You have Kimurofina, You have Chocobofina, You have Sol. If you want to really enjoy his enhancements, and you don't have enough Sol, you can have him. Okay. You you have the Chair Lords. Okay. Getting getting better. You have uh, CG Dagfina. Now we're getting somewhere. Yes, Alice. Sweet Nicole. Ramping up. Nicole and Sakura of the Delta Star. Okay, we're getting good. And the two first batches of Esper units. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you want a War Hero Wagon, which is still very good, or a Dragon Princess Fina. Or a mystical ice Laswell, or a hallowed ages Charlotte, you can have them guaranteed. Okay, that's and s- solid. Yeah, and some of them, even if they don't really top the charts by themselves, provide some unique utility for dark vision. For instance, if we train, is still the one of the best beast killers in the game. Okay, that's always good. We like beast killer. So there's a lot of good stuff to pick from, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. For instance, I absolutely don't regret having you see the mystical less well lately, because of uh, his uh, 150% ice resist buff, which can be very good to streamline some party composition, especially if you can spread around those buffs. And even if you don't get them for the units themselves, there's a lot of good TMRs in the lot. We'd like good TMRs. <coughs> yeah. But it sounds oh, like yeah. there's a pretty decent selection, so... Yeah. You know, if you don't have all of that, or, you know, you you want more of some of it or whatever, then... Now, there's here's a question... For- uh, this coin shop, how long is that going to last? Uh, that's a good question. I will have to check. Will the coin shop last? Yeah, please do check that because this is actually going to matter. Will the, um, will the coin shop last until at least the announcements whenever that happens in the middle of August? Let's see. Exchange shop. Yeah. Next era unit. Nope. It lasts until the 13th of August. Oh, wow. All right. So you so have to use like it. probably like a handful of days before this announcement. Oh, that's obnoxious. Because if, obno- if they announce something cool from that list on that day, like an upgrade of some kind, Neovision or otherwise, like that's, that's bad timing. Ooh. Yeah. All right, well, trust your guys' judgment. Fill skill holes, I guess. I, I, oh, I don't love that. That's not great. Honestly, I'm personally not even decided yet on which unit to go for. Well, you at least have a couple of weeks to make the decision, but... Yes. I'll probably do a chart of analyze, wait until the second to last day, and then uh, randomly pick one. I've done that, that's for sure. <laughs> but 
that's it for FFBE news for the week. Hooray! Um, all right, I'll go ahead and take the next one then. There is not much to talk about in Arknights. So that uh, neon banner slash new event with a bunch of turn-ins and costumes and all sorts of fun jazz, that's finally coming tomorrow as of recording. That's going to be Tuesday the 28th. So we will see that very Exciting shortly. Exciting stuff ahead. It is. Uh, also, I want to take a moment. This has just bothered me, and I don't usually like calling out random fan artists, but here we go. So there is this comic I saw today that just drove me insane. Like, what is this guy thinking? Um, okay, I'm listening. Yeah, so the setup was someone trying to summon for Mastema. Okay, Mastema's really good. I have her. I like her a lot. That's cool. Um, uh-huh. And the punchline was, and apparently this guy got an off-banner Asia Fala, and that was somehow a disappointment, with no indication this was a dupe Asia Fala. Uh-huh. What the heck? Why is that disappointing? If I got Asia Fala on an off-banner compared to Mastama, I'd be cheering from the rooftops. I mean, again, there's a possibility this was a dupe, but there was no indication that that this comic... I made it sound like this was a dupe. Mastema is a very, very good AoE mage. Don't get me wrong. I like her a lot. I'm glad I have her. I use her quite a bit. But in the end, that's all she is. She is a very, very good AoE mage. She fits roughly the same niche as every other standard AoE mage, like Grey, like Gatano. And while she has quirky things she does differently that lends herself to very cool strats, you don't lose that much if you use gray, let's say. That doesn't change the game all that much. Asia Fall, on the other hand, is one of these big game-changer kinds of units who basically owns the meta, along with, like, Angelina. Um, so, somehow, Asia Fall is considered a disappointment compared to just a very good unit? Like, I'm Was there any indication that it was just the artist that really liked Massima? Uh, yeah, probably, but I'm still, like, it still is, like, weird that it just, there wasn't even a sense of, okay, I can deal with this. It was just, it felt like they were trying to just say that Asia Fala wasn't worth it at all, which is kind of where I draw my line, because. Yeah, from the way you describe it, it sounds like uh, this artist was thinking of it like it's a Jake or some equally loved character. Yeah, when it's really not. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it, yeah, they were they were treating Asia Fala like complete trash tier, as opposed to like, okay, you may not like her as much as Mastaba, and that's fine. But calling her trash tier is just not even remotely acceptable. I don't understand how anyone yeah, can legitimately I mean, think that, considering how ridiculously powerful and versatile she is. Yeah, Age is really good. Yeah, and I mean even even if you're like, you know, you're disappointed that you don't get the on-banner rainbow, like, it, it's, or six-star, rather, it's still, you know, yeah. it's still a rainbow. Like, congratulations, you just lucked into they the... just got a rainbow. Yeah. You just off-bannered your way into one of the best units in the game. game. What is, why is this a disappointment? Yeah, why is much. the reaction to have Jessica go, please don't fire me for pulling the wrong person? Like, I don't understand... The logic behind this comic. Hello, friends, and welcome to the joy of pulling. Today, we learn that sometimes 
We don't necessarily pull the unit we want, but it's okay because they all can bring a little joy into our hearts. Be kind to your off-banner. Thank you. Yeah, be kind to your off-banner, because if you off-banner into one of the best units in the game, congratulations, you've just gotten one of the best units in the game. Like, am I supposed to be disappointed in this? Uh, during the Schwarz polls, who I don't even like necessarily, I got Angelina, who turned immediately into one of my best units. Like, she was an off-banner. And now she's a staple in all of my strategies because she's that good. Was she the one I signed up for? No. Does that matter? Not at all. I'm, I'm satisfied with that result. Be satisfied with your results. Be Indeed. satisfied with your results, guys. If you get a really good unit off banner, concentrate on the fact that you got a really good unit. Please. Unless, of course, your results are actually terrible. In that case, you entitled to a little bit of disappointment. Yeah, if, if, if that comic showed pulling a Schwarz or pulling a Scotty or pulling... Like, these aren't even bad characters, but, like, just in general, I can see why they'd be considered low-tier. I still kind of consider Schwarz low-tier, despite, yes, her obvious raw power. Um, I would understand that a lot more than, again, someone like Asia, who is this combination single-target AoE debuffer, just incredibly powerful character who's good in just about every stage of the game. Like, I, I, yeah. I'd understand the comic a lot more if the disappointment was from a character who is actually disappointing. Even remotely disappointing by comparison. Not, like, the nonsense that is Asia Fala. I really cannot stress this enough. Like, what is that fan artist thinking? Okay. That was the rant. I just don't get why they made this character sound like it was a Jake-tier problem. And no one can compare the two. That is ridiculous. Uh, and that's that. Let's talk Jake about Cedo Alice now. Not no. All right. <laughs> so, not much going on in Sino Alice this week. Um, basically, last week they had um, 2B and A2 is the... They were on the banner, but they weren't featured. And then... Uh, no, sorry. 9S and 2B were on the banner, but were not featured. Uh, while A2 and Emil were featured. And then this week, uh, they flipped that around. So... Um, now, 2B and 9S are the featured units on the banner, and A2 and Emil are still available. That's, that's so basically the, what changed. So the event lasts those two weeks, but uh, at this point, is the first banner featuring Emil and A2 uh, gone? Yeah, so the, okay. the rate up for A2 and Emil is gone, uh, and it's been replaced with 2B and 9S. Um, no, Emil right. and Emil and A two are still available um, on this one, but they are yeah. But they're basically off banners on their yeah. own banner. Yes, essentially. Okay. I mean, did you have any luck with your pools for this um, If you get went up so I farmed like crazy, um, and I got enough to do thirteen pulls. I didn't get any character classes in those 13 pulls. I farmed Ouch. I farmed some more and ended up getting enough to do the 14th and then the 15th pull. On the 14th pull, I got A2. Nice. Um, okay. And then on the 15th pull, I got Emil. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and As then, a reminder, the, when does the game's pity system kicks in? 15. 
apples. Oh! Would so, you look at that? That gave me enough to pity uh, to be. So, there you go. There go. Well, you have all the characters that matter. Oh, okay, so the pity systems work across the two banners, then. Yeah, the the pity medals went, uh, were still there, um, and basically any pulls you do on either of the two banners, you get um, medals that you can exchange for the things that are in the shop at that point. Um, I, right. At least I can appreciate that I didn't separate that. Yes, uh, that was a welcome surprise. Um, I was not sure if that would be there or not. Well, that explains. But it was, I mean, so. that make, that that answers your question as to what you were going to do with the penny medals at that point. Because I remember you were asking me pretty about much. that on the Discord. So, get two yep. B sounds like a pretty good answer to that question. Uh, they did give us one free two B um, with the uh, like when it came out, uh, and then this I is another two B class. Um, I that... think the one they gave was the breaker, and the catcher one is the crusher. Correct. Breaker specializes in swords, and that one specializes in hammers. Uh, okay. And then 9S specializes in alarms. Lance, basically. Anyway, that's most of what's going on in um, Cionos. I Did I cover also the... Uh, there? There is one other banner that's up right now. I don't remember when... Looks like it started like last week. I don't think I've uh, it. The last banner you talked about was, I believe, the Little Mermaid one? Yeah, so this one's a different one. This one is another class for Alice um, cool. that okay. you can get. It gives you her sorcerer job, which specializes in tomes, which is usually like debuffs on enemies. Um, anyway, that's, right. that's pretty much it for, you know, us. I got nothing else. Yeah, quick week on Pacino and on uh, Arknights this week. Uh, yep. Okay, well then, let's take it over to War of the Visions. Alright, World of Visions. Well, we're having uh, uh, also not the most full of week, not with uh, the excitement of a new uh, meta-defining unit or anything. That's going to come next week. <laughs> but uh, of note is that generally in this off week, they put uh, an uh, old... Uh, uh, old unit uh, featured in, uh, for instance, the daily purchase reward. So as a reminder, there's a system where if you purchase 60 Visio or more, uh, which is basically a dollar uh, for a day, uh, you get uh, a reward and the reward track goes up to five days uh, with each of them having a... Uh, uh, generally, a sh uh, shards for the latest units and enhancement materials. Right. Culminating in even more shards for the units. Uh, this time, instead of putting unit shards, they put shards for a vision card. Namely, the latest vision cards that came out, uh, which comes with your Nesper as well, and is the two-headed dragon. Okay, that's actually really cool. Uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting uh, because disregarding even the two-headed dragon itself as a unit, as a Nesper and as a vision card, uh, I think we're slowly getting to the point where we're transitioning from getting units, getting a party, getting it leveled up, the 
early game progression of the game right. to the point where we need to think and prioritize over units, I would even say, things like vision cards and equipment and all sorts of things that provide lasting bonuses and can drastically affect a character's effectiveness. Uh, but that are not quite as prominent or quite as fancy as uh, a shiny new unit or indeed even a summon. Okay. Uh, so, with that in mind, they've released uh, this week four new vision cards. Uh, the uh, main one being the UR Two Headed Dragon. The vision card itself uh, gives a dark attack bonus to the unit that has it equipped. Okay. Good for Venera, for instance. Right, uh-huh. if you want to use her in an attack build instead of an evade build. Yeah. And uh, it also gives the whole party an increased damage cap. So there's a native damage cap at 9,999 damage per single attack. Right. But some things, such as this vision card, can lift it a little more. So that's interesting, mostly for chain strategies, where you're building up a lot of chain and then using uh, enormous skills. Now... And uh, I'll come back to that, but I've actually seen the damage cap reach during uh, one of the recent fights I've had uh, because this was uh, a raid. We have in a raid back, and for these, uh, building up a chain and reaching very, very high damage scores can certainly be attained, in which case, this is actually a bonus. But for most of those stage clears, uh, it's not really the most vital things. So, I have a question about yes the raiding. Um, so, this raid is a white marshmallow. Yes. And the last raid was Flan. Yes. What the heck does War of the Visions have against dessert? Well, that's because the first raid was for Valentine's Day, and this raid was originally for White Day, which comes a month after Valentine's Day, and uh, Valentine's Day chocolate, White Day... White Desert Marshmallow? But you're still beating up dessert. And you keep beating up dessert. Yes. And the decor, the, the scenery is dessert. But, but you're beating up sweets. Why? I don't like that. Don't beat up sweets. Dessert's delicious. I can't even have many desserts anymore. And I'm like, I feel bad now. Sorry, maybe it's total. Like, maybe they're just preparing the dessert, but the dessert strikes back. Well, that just makes me feel but, bad about preparing it. Clearly, it doesn't <laughs> want to be eaten, so don't eat it. This is weird. This is real weird. <laughs> anyway, back to the vision cards. So, besides uh, the uh, dragon, and I'll come back to the Esper a bit later. Yeah. Uh, but we also have three of. Uh, MR variety vision cards. How this good is MR? Because I haven't so, figured out the uh, War of the Visions like, like rarity list. MR is like you are at the yeah, top. Uh, that goes uh, normal, where SR, MR, UR. Okay, so, so that's, that's four star, if you will. Got it. Okay. 
also of note, in the Japanese version, they're not MR, they're SSR. That's not helpful. Nope. Because doesn't that mean SSR is under SR? No. It's SR, then SSR, then UR. I'm glad they're using different letters now, because that would drive me up a wall. Okay, cool. Yes. That was a very good change. It's one of those little quality of life ones which dyslexic people like me appreciate a lot. <laughs> you say that uh, like it's funny, but that would actually give me a headache. Yeah, no, I realized it right at the end of the laugh. Oh, wait, that wasn't a joke. That was actually a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, DMR cards. We have... Uh, uh, Deceptive Vows Honest Souls, okay. uh, which is a slash attack increase for the unit and an evasion increase for the whole party. Nice. Very solid card. Yeah, that sounds really good. Sounds like it. Yeah. Envious Magician, which reduces your defense and also your casting time and increases the magic of the whole party. Okay. And the perks of having charm. Uh, which is a personal increase of max damage cap and light killer for the whole party. So overall, pretty useful cards that actually fit uh, roles that I use these days. Yeah, it sounds like. That seems very in also, line with... Uh... Yeah, and they're continuing one thing they've started with uh, the standalone vision cards we got from JP that refer events such as, uh, say, Greetings from Afar, which was a New Year uh, team vision card in JP, and thus was limiting the JP. These cards, including the perks of having charm, are not limited in global. Oh, okay. That's so, good to hear. Yeah, that's the kind of chance we enjoy. Yeah. That's very cool. So you can theoretically yeah. off-banner it in the future. And appreciate your off-banners, exactly. folks. Because none of these sound bad. And at second to top rarity, they're not even going to be as hard to get as, you know, the real crazy stuff. Yeah. Now, back to the two-headed dragon. How does he turn out as an Esper? Well, he's a light elemental Esper when it comes to enhanced him. Uh, him. Okay. Uh, with uh, stats mostly geared towards attack. And uh, he has uh, Dark Killers and Dragon Killers and uh, Slash Attack Buffs and uh, more accuracy than most others and some critical damage. So overall, definitely uh, not, uh, not really a niche Esper, but a basic usable uh, Esper for Slash Attack units which are very popular these days. A uh, good old bread and butter guy, I'd say. With the only thing that really not makes it uh, that much uh, at the top of the priorities for some people is that Odin exists. I mean, Odin's a pretty good Esper as Esper's go. Uh, I have a question yeah. from the chat. Do they have a CG summon? Yeah, no, it looks like there's uh, no CG. Okay, uh... All right, well, that answers that question. All right, yeah, it looks like there isn't a CG. Sorry, no CG on 2 of Dragon. We think. Yeah. If we are wrong, yeah. please tell us, because our research isn't really great in this regard. We're, the YouTube is not helpful here. But that's not 
fully unexpected because there are UR summons that don't have a CG like Death Machine that's coming up next week. Right, so... We shall see, but right now it's looking like no. Yeah. Okay. Good data. Uh, so, uh, aside from that, uh, uh, we also had uh, some uh, addition to the way we summon things. Uh, because we've had uh, the return of the normal stepper banner. Okay. Uh, which is uh, like 8500 for... Uh, uh, five steps, uh, eventually culminating uh, in a guaranteed UR unit. And uh, then we also had another step up, uh, which was a uh, first step, uh, fewer summons and uh, a vision card guaranteed. Second step, a bit less fewer summons and a vision card guaranteed. Okay. And the last step, uh, a featured vision card guaranteed. Okay. Uh, the, the whole three steps take uh, 3,600 visio. Important note, in case you're confused, it is featured guaranteed, not featured UR guaranteed. Oh, There are wow. four vision cards in this pool of guaranteed featured vision cards. Only one of them is the two-headed dragon. Oh, dear. Mm. Oh, that's not great. Uh, cannot recommend you pull in that case, because that is... That is a, we talk about this, and we don't like saying it, but that is actually a trap banner. Oh, no, I, I actually did it in uh, full knowledge, because oh. uh, I wanted more vision cards. Okay, all right, all right, all right, fine. If you know what you're getting into, go ahead and do yes. it. But if you think this is going to guarantee you two-headed dragon, it does this not. This is not guaranteeing you two-headed dragon or any other summon yeah. or any other UR vision cards. That's unfortunate. I don't actually personally like that, but if you need vision cards, then I guess, you know, it's a great way to get them, for sure. Yeah. Assuming you're okay, not necessarily getting the big the big boy. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, a small step up with a small P. Yeah, it costs, you said 3600 That doesn't sound that small, but like how... Uh, that's less than two uh, uh, ten times summon for normal summon. Okay. A single normal summon is 2000 Okay, so... Mm. All right, for that price, yeah, for it's a baby step up for, but yeah, okay, I'm I'm kind of feeling better yeah. about it. It's still, it's it's another one of these things that know what you're getting into. It's not. Oh like yeah, no, if you don't you really yeah. want. If you're not sure, and as I've said, as I've said, if you are a starting player or something, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you're trying to transition to this phase where you you want to uh, start uh, focusing on your equipment and your vision cards which don't have the farm stages the units have. Yeah. And you're not really saving up that much for coming banners. Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Just know what you're getting into with the step up carefully. Yep, be informed. Always, always be informed. And if you ever have any sort of doubt, check the drop rate. Yep. Even the guaranteed featured one... It's not 25% chance of each one. 
the UR card has lower drop rate chance. I'm shocked. I'm entirely shocked. But, yeah, so, aside from that, we have the return of the raid, as we mentioned. Where we've beaten up dessert. Repeatedly. And there's still very much this issue that there's a multiplayer component, but it's not really that much incentivized. But if you want to get better results for the higher difficulties, it's probably a better choice. Okay. Uh, because there's a bigger chance that your characters might die. But of course, we're getting some very relevant characters that don't die easily because they dodge 90% of the hit. Which is so, nice. Yes. Especially if you like to hear where well, you captivated, perhaps, over and over again. I'm guessing because that's Venera. That's the line. Yes. Yeah. That's her line where she dodges something. Nice. Uh, I will say, though, I'm taking this rate a bit more seriously, not because of its intended rewards. Because yeah. now, on top of the Alexandrite Wing, we have, uh, which comes back, we have another reward, which is the Platinum Robe. Okay. So. So you have the materials to get and enhance the Platinum Robe, which is a robe with very good stats, basically similar HP levels as uh, a gold armor has. That's pretty good so, on what sounds like a robe for mages, so... Yeah, that lets even mages be super tanky if you have it. I appreciate this. Uh, and one of its uh, maybe understated advantages is that... Even that its main interest, its main defining characteristic is its raw stats, you don't necessarily need to have it at plus 5 or even plus 4. You can have just a single uh, of these robes, and if it's the right type, which is not guaranteed, but if you have it as vital, say you want uh, HP first and foremost, okay. then just have it, awaken it, and you have a whole pile of HP. It's not optimal progression, but it's progression that will probably help a lot in this stage yeah, still. Yeah, that certainly doesn't sound like it hurts. Yeah. And yet, I'm not really prioritizing it because the materials, the raid drop, especially up to a certain level, are very relevant for other crafts. Basically, there are several items that are several that have several tiers that are used to craft several weapons. One of these items is black ether sand. Black ether sand cannot be farmed normally, and black ether sand is used for uh, the fist weapons I want, the gun weapons I want, and the mage masher I'm farming still. Okay, so this sounds exceedingly important then to get this right. Yes. Okay. One thing that could certainly give multiplayer some probably unintended incentive is that you can only get black efficient up to the raid level 60. Of that, it's all white efficient and better quote-unquote materials for higher rarity weapons and equipment. But that's not the ones I'm going for. So, right. since I've crossed over this point, 
what I'm doing sometimes is actually going and joining multiplayer rooms, even though it's not as important as creating these rooms yourself. But I'm specifically searching for those levels that still mm. drop Black Ascent. Yeah. So oh, on your end, you can't initiate one of the ones that you've already done? Yeah. You can only get higher and higher levels. You can't level down. Interesting. So you've got to work with other people if you need those lower level, lower rarity mats, which you do. Yes. Or go even harder on the higher level and use your currency to uh, uh, trade it for Black Everson because it's in the shop, but you don't get it as a drop the way you do uh, at this level, lower level. Okay. And that's pretty much everything that's really new for this raid. The targets are, of course, very much tailored for the latest fancy new units. Unsurprising. Uh, because they want you to pull. Yeah. Yeah. Last one was a uh, week to winter uh, run run damage, so perfect for Lucia. This one is uh, light elements, so we do dark damage and to slashing damage, so perfect for Venera. Well, there you go. Uh, and lastly, we've had our very first uh, World of Visions update video. Okay, tell we me get, about we this. We get this updates video regularly for uh, FFBE. Yeah. And apparently, Justin, the new Square Enix community manager for both FFBE and World Divisions, is dropping in for one of these vi uh, videos uh, around with uh, producer Hiboki uh, and giving up some news. News which mostly are talking about the Warrior of Light unit that's coming up uh, right. uh, in two days as time of recording. They've hyped it up, uh, and he is indeed going to be quite a significant tank. Which is unsurprising. Uh, it's Warrior of Light. Yeah. That's what he does in any game he's in. Exactly. Uh, he does not have we'll sword chucks, thus I hate him. But we'll go into these days uh, when he'll actually be out. Uh, still, that's not the only thing they've added uh, They've talked about this video, and there's some things that I think this have mentioned. Uh, one, and perhaps the most significant one, is uh, one of the most requested features for the auto battles, which is the ability to turn off specific abilities during auto battles. Yeah, you were mentioning that as being a real problem in auto battles, so that's actually really helpful. And we'll be able to do that sometime in August. They've confirmed they've given us a month. There you go. And not just soon. That's so, fantastic. Something to look very much forward to. Yeah, that all sounds very good to me. We also have confirmation that we will have more global original uh, units in the future. Hopefully they'll be handled better than Fravia was. Indeed. And uh, then we'll have... Uh, Two campaigns, one that was already announced, but we didn't have a date, and now we have one, and it's along the FF1 uh, banner that's coming up, so in two days, is uh, for the uh, ten, 10 times uh, free summon for 10 days. Which is a lot of summon power. Yep. Well, good luck. And, uh, and that's... Uh, 
certainly something that's going to give us uh, some uh, nice scattershot set of units. Uh, and given that I'm reaching the point where some of the units are focused on are reaching the point where they're almost at a, at a TMR, uh, that's certainly a good moment to have uh, random points and random units uh, that could be uh, the next uh, unit to focus on during the uh, daily shard missions. One thing they've clarified, and I'm very glad they've cleared it up before the banner even went up, is that the free summon is only for permanent unit. It doesn't count the limited units that are currently up, meaning that it doesn't have Oil of Light in it. Oof. Which is an oof, but... Not a huge one, not they're free summons. completely, because... A, f a limited unit is a lot of focus. If you got one randomly and you're not prepared to have it and push it to the max... Honestly, it's not really going to be that useful. Yeah, I seem to recall you having that exact problem with Fravia. Exactly, and she's still sitting pretty at level 35. Because of expeditions. So, that's honestly not something I'm too mad about. I would have been a bit cross if they've blurred the lines a little, but they've made things very clear before things even get up. We cool. All right, fair enough. You, again, as long as you have the information to pull responsibly, then you're in good shape. Exactly. Know what but you're getting if you into. Do intend, if you do intend to pull, there is something for, for you. The 10% refund campaign. During the period, which does include the, uh, the Warrior of Light summons, okay. you spend 2,000 Vizio, you get 200 Vizio back. Okay. Cashback is a common thing credit yeah. cards do, so that's not exactly unheard of. And, and it's for summons. I think it's for visual, visual purchases in the shop as well. Uh, so that's good. Okay. I would probably have preferred just 10% lower cost because if you have exactly... Uh, uh, 1900 Visio, you can do this pool. Perhaps even more relevantly, if you have, uh, if you are just on the verge and suddenly these uh, 200 Visio you're getting back are digging into your paid Visio pool, that's the situation where you have to pay attention and see if you, uh, if you don't have a way to get this few more free Vizio. Yeah, because, because World of Visions does that evil thing of, of differentiating paid and unpaid. Yep. And that is really bothersome because paid usually comes out first in these games. Pay attention before you spend your resources. Yes. Don't accidentally pull on a, on a banner you don't want to pull on and get lucky. Only professional do that. Yep. Enjoy your Fravia. Hopefully one day <laughs> you can you. enjoy your Fravia because she actually sounds really cool, but you just weren't in a position yeah. to get her. I hope that when we get the next uh, Global Original Unit, uh, we'll also get uh, a return of Fravia shards. Yeah. I could see myself uh, going after her uh, at this point because I'm not really saving for any unit in particular at this point. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully it works. I mean, best of luck. Indeed. Indeed. Do we move on? Let's talk about things that didn't work, shall we? I was about to ask if we we're moving on to our next topic, so let's go ahead and do it. So y'all remember that Castlevania gotcha? Well, neither did I. I had no idea this thing was something that existed. I had no idea that we apparently covered it on this show. When I heard that a Castlevania gotcha was dying before it even really got out of the gate, my exact response was, there's a Castlevania gotcha? I had to be reminded <laughs> this thing exists. That shows how badly Konami yeah. screwed this up. Yeah, that's because there wasn't a Castlevania gotcha out in most countries yet. They had that short release or a test release of sort a year ago in I think Japan and Canada. Japan and Canada. That's a combination of spots. I think we did mention that at the time. Yeah. Now that I'm, now that I'm yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, and it's not unusual to have soft releases like that yeah. uh, where they they keep it there for a week or two and then open it up to the rest of the world. But apparently whatever rollout was existed was bad enough to kill the entire game entirely. Do we know anything about how that played out? I certainly don't. I've only saw some promotional videos that showed probably gameplay more more engaging than it actually was. Yeah, uh, I remember it took us a while to get there, but I actually remember the conversation and it was not complimentary. We were very much like this looks just crud. And apparently we weren't the only ones to think that. Because uh, it did. It dead and it yeah, dead. But, uh, it dead and it but, died and uh, it went to heck. I mean, it didn't even fully exist. Yeah. Then it ended before it truly began. Yeah, so do we have a statement of any kind on this? Or are we just guessing here? Like, we know it ended. I didn't even remember it began, but, like, what happened here? Do we know? Well, since you've added the topic, I assumed you had this. I can search it real I quick. have nothing. I I added it because someone posted it in one of our forums, and I'm just... Or, sorry, one of our Discord channels, and I'm just like, oh, this is something we should talk about, and then was very baffled as to its very nature. I just had a realization. Hmm. Valkyrie and Atomia outlasted Castlevania Grimoire of Souls. Valkyrie and Atomia lasted a lot longer than it had any right to or any expectation of, and I kind of respect that. Yeah, but this one had a release the, the September the 20th. And now it's ending. That is not very long. No. Nope. I mean, it also I mean, never got out of soft launch, which is... Yeah, so it's even less long when you count the fact that uh, it's not fully launched. Yeah. Right. Okay, so the in-game notice. Okay. Thank you for playing Castlevania Grimoire of Souls. Since our launch in September of 2019, we have been able to continue operation for the game thanks for the support we've received for you, from you, the players. Unfortunately, it's with a heavy heart that, due to the various circumstances, nothing clearer than that, yep. we are announcing the discontinuation of our game service on the 9th of September 2020. 
who coincide with this, you will no longer be able to purchase gems as of the posting of this message. Okay. That's, um, clear. From the comments under, it seems that a possible issue was too much free-to-play friendliness and not enough incentive to actually purchase things. Ah, I guess syndrome. That's why I guess died as well. There was no reason to pull, so I never did, and I was not the only one. So I, I've seen that happen. You've got to strike these balances. And it seems there's also a similar sense of unease that Valkyrie Anatomia had. I can see some. I had a feeling the game would fizzle. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, though, is it? It, it It's a Konami doing yet another cheap tie-in for no good reason. Is this... Is this actually a shame, yeah, or is this Metal Gear Survive the second? Yeah, no, like... It's... The Castlevania would make money, but Konami seems to have an aversion with anything resembling video games. Apparently. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I won't pretend to try to understand Konami's strategy in anything at this point. That is a very good point. Um, yeah. The short version is, this is sad. Kind of. I don't know if it is. Yeah. This is one of these cases where I wish I could give it more of a more of a eulogy than it got, but it didn't have much of a life to eulogize. It was there. Exactly. Briefly, and then it wasn't anymore, and nothing of value will be lost, because no one, like even Geister in the chat, someone who plays, I think, every single gotcha in existence, had no idea this thing was real. So, like... What do we even say about that? We say that Konami, if they hate uh, video games so much, should just release the franchises to m so people can make game out of properties uh, that have millions of beloved I fans. I hear Sony is trying to actually do exactly that and buy a number of these properties, including Silent Hill and Metal Gear. Well... The timing, if they were to release it now, would certainly be uh, awkward for that for Sukaden in particular. Yeah, because isn't there that new Kickstartered? Uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. AU Chronicles, uh, hundred heroes strong. Yeah. Which is essentially Suikoden with Matoi Sakuraba on soundtrack, and someone else. Uh, like, didn't yeah. one of the original composers also get involved? Uh. I think this composer worked on Wild Arms as well. That's what I've seen on the Kickstarter page anyway. Okay. Yeah. It... I've also seen a video of the exploration, and it looks very much inspired by Octopath Traveler in that regard. Uh, that's not incredible, unless the dungeons actually feel like dungeons this time. I don't think we're... No, I mean visually. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. Octopath was a gorgeous yeah. game. I certainly have no problem with that. We are not talking about gotchas right now. Let's get back to that, I think. We got Yeah, a it good. seems like... I mean, could have known talking about Konami would have a talk about something that isn't our main topic. Yeah, that's not really surprising. Um... So, shall we talk about MMORPGs instead? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's our main topic for the day. Yeah, we're actually talking about a uh, 
an idea from an MMO. So you you recommended this one, and I've only seen like headlines. I haven't actually looked into this. What is going on with PSO two? Yes, because I am tying it back to Getchas. Don't worry about I, it. I I know. I I do believe you. So, Fantasy Star Online two is an MMORPG that has lasted for now about 10 years in Japan. Which is funny because it should have it should have existed about five years ago here in the States and only just came out. Exactly. And uh, they're still uh, pretty active uh, in the uh, global community. They're releasing one of their episodes, basically an expansion, every three months to catch up to the game state in Japan. Which is a lot of content but also a lot of like oh my god the grind is real just because of how expansions of that size tend to work Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, then two days ago as time of recording Dave announced and showed video of Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis okay now what is this because other than it existing I don't know anything about it it's complicated so it's not quite as an expansion, and it's not quite a rework, and it's not quite a sequel. It's somewhere between those three. So, if you have a character in Fantasy Star Online 2, you will have a character in New Genesis. And it will be the same base character, but with the new engine that makes everything much prettier, because the graphics are very much... Uh, recent generation graphics and not graphics from an engine from 10 years ago. Okay, that's a good sign. The gameplay seems to be even more action-oriented than before. Which doesn't strike me as a problem. There seems to be some uh, fundamental system changes like the ability to change weapon mid-fight while they're tied uh, pretty much to your class uh, uh, in the uh, original PSO2. Okay. They've also said that, uh, while it will have a new areas and a new story, uh, there will be a link between the two games. Uh, first with the character transfer, but also some things carry over, such as pet currency and your cosmetics and your weapons, for they may work differently to accommodate for the new systems. Okay. And your character's base appearance. But your story progression and your levels and your classes won't carry over. So basically the game starts you all at level 1, but you have these looks and you have these weapons. Some of them are uh, just cool visuals, uh, uh, legacy gear that are going to be outclassed uh, free tutorials in. Some others you won't be able to equip right away. You will have new systems and the likes. But it's not something they're willing to name Fantasy Star Online 3, and it's not something they're willing to name Fantasy Star Online 2 Episode 7. Okay. Okay. I can... I can get behind this. And... Probably sounds like it'd be better and, for a new player like me to get involved in, because I really wanted to play PSO2, but the timing was just never yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend it, because right now it's only on the Windows Store, and it's a complete mess. I tried to... Uh, have a little look to be able to talk more about this uh, for this podcast, and I couldn't get the game to work. Yeah, Windows Store is uh, is Garbo. <laughs> we, we indeed. Know this. 
I'm a little scared of Xbox Game Pass for exactly this reason. Yeah. Uh, but one thing of important note that they've uh, confirmed as well is that PSO2 New Genesis doesn't mean PSO2 will stop operations. The two games will progress in parallel. Okay, that's very cool, but also problematic because now you have a staffing thing. So you've got to make sure both remain profitable independently. Yeah, and uh, as of right now, from what I've heard, uh, PSO2 is absolutely profitable. It is still very much a hit in Japan, and it's only growing and growing as new content gets added at a blazing pace in uh, global. Very cool. So, this, I think, is what makes it relevant to gacha games. Uh, the fact that we have a game that's in operation, but with the content that gets added and piled with layers upon layers and some aging fundamental designs, things are getting clunkier and more, more and more a barrier to entry for new players. Right. Mm. So, generally, in Getcha Games, the options are a completely new game or shutting down as uh, the new players uh, can't replace uh, the players that are living because of a decision they don't agree with or right. uh, a particular stroke of bad luck uh, or changing interests. Right. Um, although that brings up a point of uh, obviously something like Fantasy Star Online is going to be monetized very differently than a gacha game for a variety of reasons. Exactly. Uh, and uh, one of the main ways they monetize is through cosmetics, which carry over towards the new game. Oh, okay. That's actually... Okay, so yeah. if you are if you yeah, spend a whole I've bunch said, of money on cosmetics buying... and you go over to the new game, you're not losing anything. Okay, I dig it. Exactly. And if you buy in pet currency, you're still keeping it for the new game as well. Okay. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, as so Arknight has proven some... to be, gotchas with a... Uh, Gotchas with a uh, costume and cosmetic-focused economy just seem to run way smoother, and that there are ways to keep that relevant. Yeah, and uh, but there are ways to keep that uh, relevant, but only for a certain time. That's the way life service with so many updates work. Yeah, eventually things get uh, harder and harder to get in for the first time or to get back into. Mm -hmm. I know I saw a record keeper and I was like, what the hell is all of this? I don't know anything anymore. This isn't the same menu screen. This isn't the same system. What is happening? And I could certainly imagine by the time New Vision comes out, somebody coming back to the game uh, of uh, FFBE and wondering what the hell is any of that? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like, it's so, easy to get overwhelmed if a long period has passed between when you stop something and when you start it again. Good lord, uh, I took a hiatus in World of Warcraft between, um, basically for the end of Wrath of the Lich King, which was where I was at my height, and then I skipped, like, an expansion and a half and came in at the end of Missa Pandaria, and I'm like, what is going on? I was playing catch-up so hard. Yeah. Yeah, um, because they completely rework some fundamental systems like yeah. talents, which went from a progression tree 
to every uh, option selection every 15 levels. Which I didn't like at all, but that has not, nothing to do with anything. Yes. I will the say point that's being one thing. That it was radical change. Yeah, I will say that's one thing I appreciate about uh, 14, which I've been playing, is uh, that I started the game, you know, a few months ago, I guess back in February or so. And, like, it wasn't that bad to get into, even though yeah. they've had multiple expansions. Yeah, I mean, the game is six years old. It's not that far from Fantasy Star Online 2 status. No, and it still feels very fresh and very comfortable, and I like the upgrades they keep doing. I mean, I mean, the game went on a PS3, for her sake. Yeah, and we're getting <laughs> close to PS5. I think, that's, I think that's expected out holiday of this year. They still haven't named price on it, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, running it back to Gatchas. Yeah, please do. Uh, we're, uh, we've talked uh, several times about uh, the way we pretty much expect every single play we get, we, every single game we're playing, sorry, uh, to uh, eventually simply end. Yeah. And on a long time period, that's going to happen, but if this kind of half uh, sequels that run parallel or that provide essentially a new point of entry while still creating a link between the players from a long time ago, I think that's an interesting alternative if it catches on systematically as a way to make games and make uh, quasi-sequels. I think that could work. I mean, I'm not exactly an expert in the gotcha economy, but if they can figure out a way to dial that in without losing without losing their profitability, then yeah, that'd be wonderful is to keep these games going longer just based on transitioning and transferring into new new products. Yeah, like if instead of uh, having uh, uh, FFBE and um, if you want to play anything related to that, uh, go and join World of the Visions, which is a completely different kind of game. Yeah. If instead of that you had uh, suddenly uh, we're launching Final Fantasy Brave Exvius uh, uh, Paladia Chronicles Reloaded or something, and uh, it's uh, a game with a similar systems but is streamlined. You're not having any parallel systems of progression. All you're doing is progressing from one star to uh, eight stars. Which uh, And if you've had some of the units like the main characters, you're having the equivalent in the new game. Something like that could create the sort of continuation link that uh, provide a new starting point well, yeah. for new players and uh, reignite interest. That is definitely, it definitely something to think about. Like, it definitely sounds like they're handling that transition well. Um, yeah. If there are, you know, gotchas out there that handle things in a similar way, then that would definitely be appreciated. Yeah, that's definitely something that I could see working, and that uh, isn't perfect, of course. Uh, the, I know there's a way uh, a lot of game companies could find a way to take the system and make it terrible. Yes, of course. That I'm 100% sure of. But now that this is on the table, if it catches on, 
I could see it uh, as a way to change a little and maybe prolong a little the way uh, we see live service games such as Gacha Game. Well, I, I for one hope it does catch on because that would be amazing. That sounds excellent from what I'm hearing right now. And uh, from what I've uh, seen, apparently the communities uh, for uh, PSO2 seems to have taken well to this uh, announcement. Of course, it helps that uh, the new visuals they've shown are really, really shiny. Shiny visuals are a great way to attract MMO players. Can speak from experience. In- including new players that won't have to deal with 10 years of UI improvements yeah, mm-hmm. and additions. Like, that would probably be the point if I were going to get into it. That's where I would probably poke my head into PSO2 because I was a big PSO player. I was a big PSU player. And if they can create... I just played the GameCube version of Episode 1 and 2. Yeah, I played the GameCube version. Meaning I played that the Dreamcast thought... version. Meaning that I thought I played PSO2, but no, I only played PSO1 Episode 2. Which was... Actually, a pretty solid expansion of stuff. Oh, yeah. Nice atmosphere and all yeah. that. Pretty intense right from the start, which is hard to pull off on MMO-style Yeah. Game. We shall see. Uh, hopefully this catches on, and hopefully Gacha Games can take a lesson from this. That would be very nice to see, instead of just expecting our favorites to just implode after a while. Yeah. If you can set up a little bridge instead of just running towards the cliff, this is certainly something a lot of players that are enfranchised would appreciate, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate not even even having played PSO2, so I'm actually right there on it. And I think that is as good a place as any to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with more of the games you love to hate. Have a good one, y'all. See ya. See you later, everyone.